Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Tyler Jeske, who is currently a minor league hitting coach for the LA Angels, and Chase Rowe, who is a former Detroit Tigers minor league hitting coach, and he's also the founder of the Pittsburgh Spikes, a travel baseball organization, and has coached um, college baseball for over 15 years. And in this episode, what I what, what I wanted to do was, was honestly just get these guys um, on, a, on a microphone and see what they've been up to. And I say that because Tyler uh, recently moved to Pittsburgh to team up with Chase, and they're, they're doing some really cool stuff in player development, um, putting together some really detailed player plans where they're taking a holistic approach to player development, and it's not just technology or data or metrics or anything like that. They're you know talking about mental game, physical screening, doing just everything. And it it's, was really impressive what I saw, and so I just wanted to see what they were they were up to. And um, they're actually opening up a, a new facility too called Battleground Baseball Group, which is right about a couple miles right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And they're they're essentially not going with a traditional traditional lesson model type of group which I think is, um, you know, going to be unique. And I, I think it's, I like, I will enjoy talking to people who think a little bit outside the box. So just wanted to bring on Tyler and Chase and see what they've been up to. And I think this is a, a really cool episode for people who are really into player development and um, view it at, from a holistic lens, because I think that's what, that's where Tyler and Chase come in because Tyler is really up to date on the technology Chase has, has a ton of experience, and so by them coming together, it's gonna it's gonna be really cool to see. And I was, I I was really pumped to be able to get them on the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Axbat. Axbat is essentially the opposite of the traditional knob handle, so it's actually shaped like an an axe, and it's built to customly fit your bottom hand when you're swinging. I can't recommend this product enough. Anyone who has consistently been listening to this podcast has probably heard me talk about Axbat numerous times. I, I just love it. Um, it really helped prolong my career because I was having so many wrist issues. And once I started using the Axbat, A, it, my those issues with my wrists went away immediately, but my swing was way more compact. Um, I had more bat speed and it just I just started to hit better. I don't know what else to say. So if you head on over to axbat.com and type in code PJBBCORE20, that's PJBBCORE20, you'll receive 20% off any BB Core Axbat. I can't recommend it enough. I love those bats. I Even when I hit on my own to this day, I, I only use an Axbat. Um, that's how much I love them. Um, a lot of different guys in professional baseball are now starting to go more and more towards them because of so many guys having hand issues. So don't wait until you start having those hand issues. Um, head on over to axbat.com, type in code PJBBCORE20, and you'll get 20% off. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my episode with Tyler Jetski and Chase Rowe. All right, we're now live. Uh, Tyler, Chase, appreciate you guys coming on today. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us. 
Yeah, so I guess if you could give uh, maybe the audience just a brief, brief background, maybe uh, Tyler, you go first, and then Chase, maybe you could follow. Um, yeah, I started off in 2011. I was hired as a minor league video intern with the Cleveland Indians, and um, one thing just kept leading to another. Um, went to Mississippi State for one year as a graduate assistant and started like doing their video and advanced scouting reports, and then there down to the Dominican Republic um, spent a year working in international operations with the Texas Rangers and then three years at Missouri State University director of operations and then from there got hired by the Angels following uh, the 2018 collegiate season and then 2019 was my first season and 2020 would have uh, been my second season with the Angels where I would have been in the AZL rookie league for second year and that's pretty much it now find myself living in Pittsburgh trying to figure life out. <laughs> Chase how about you? Yeah um, I was a uh, division three head coach um, for I think 15 years uh, yeah when I, I started when I was 23 and um, kind of slowly built a travel organization also um, where you know we would do some uh, lessons and, and different stuff like that uh, throughout the winters. And then, um, you know, last year took a job with the Tigers, was going to be a uh, minor league hitting coach, and then COVID hit, and uh, here we are today. Yeah, I uh, you know, Tyler, I know I've, I've followed you for a while, and I know, you, you know you're a co-founder of Slugfest, and I went to the, the one the first year at Missouri State, which I thought was – fantastic um last year i had a orioles uh, thing i believe and i couldn't make it but uh you did a you did a really good job with that one um and then chase i um recently kind of came across you just because of of tyler tweeting out you know that player a very detailed player plan and actually one of my i didn't even originally see it one of my buddies texted it to me and so i i wanted to reach out just to see like like what have you guys been up to just because you don't always you see a lot of the same stuff um, in in baseball and in player development sometimes, and that's not always a bad thing, right? If it works, but um, for guys who really take the time and have a um, you know give give players you know a really a, a just a, the chance to develop from just a holistic point of view, I think is is something that's missing in it, and that's why again I, I wanted to just talk to you guys and see what you guys were up to. So. Tyler, you said you just moved to Pittsburgh. Like, what's what's going on? I know you're a Cleveland guy, so I, I mean, I hopefully you're not. You haven't changed to a Steelers fan now, but um, what do you guys? What do you guys been up to? Uh, well, I mean, it kind of started off as you know, the shutdown happened, and Chase originally was DMing me on Twitter about slugfest videos and like blowing me up, dude. When are they going to be ready? When are they going to be ready? And I, I mean, that was a long process, and uh, and so then the shutdown happened and we were just kind of going back and forth and it was like, Hey, Pittsburgh's not that far, it's, you know, a little over two hours. And so he had a bunch of guys working out on the down low. I think, I don't know how down low it was or, you know, some of the um, prohibition baseball style stuff in a way. But um, he said, so I came over and hung out for hung out for a day and, we just kind of hit it off and we were going back and forth and um, like my mom, like I'm from Cleveland, grew up in Cleveland, called Cleveland home my whole life. But um, I mean, my mom, my 
my mom was, was my only family there and she got a new job moving to Philadelphia. And so, um, then was furloughed on June 1st and trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do moving forward? And the idea of getting into a facility and being more involved in the private sector, um, is something that had been in my mind for a while. I think just the instability of being a professional coach in general requires that. And then it's also a really, really good development opportunity. I mean, I haven't been coaching as long as Chase. So he's got like, he's got a lot of experience and things I can learn from him. And so I was really looking for, for like, okay, what am I going to do? I have like, I could literally do anything I want right now. I could go anywhere in the country. Like home is no longer really even home. And it just became, we're going back and forth and Chase is like, dude, I got all the tech, got KVS, we got Blast, we have Rapsodo. How could we use this better? And like, I think that's one of the things, it's the challenge of, okay, how do we put this together? I mean, you see so many things that are legitimately just the same thing over and over, over and over. And it's like, you know, there's shepherd and there's sheep. and like, okay, like if, if I actually want to advance and I want to like continue to contribute to the game, it's like, you can't just be a sheep. You, you have to be a shepherd to a degree. I mean, like even starting Slugfest, like that started off as a text, some text messages. And it was like, let's just do it. Like I had no clue what I was doing. I mean, you showed up to the first one. You didn't know that. Like I was literally at not radio, guitar center, guitar city in Springfield saying, Hey, like, how do I connect this type of microphone to this type of speaker? And I'm like, and then I still didn't really get it. So then I had to like go back with the speaker and the cables and like, I mean, like it was just figuring out and learning it. And that's, that's what this process has been. And it like, I think one of the, one of the unique things is like when I was at Missouri state, you know, I got to, I had the opportunity to coach some summer ball and it just turned into like, systems have always fascinated me like every time i've gone to abca every time i any type of professional learning thing is i'm looking for like what's kind of their system why does it work for them with where they're at with their challenges with their constraints with and it's like a good system is going to scale to anywhere in the country it doesn't matter if i'm the hitting coach at the university of arkansas mississippi state lsu or i'm the hitting coach at la roche university or Valparaiso or some of the schools that don't have as big a budget. It's like, okay, well, my philosophy needs to be dynamic enough to work anywhere I go based. And that's going to evolve with the player type as well. Like, cause ultimately as a hitting coach, like I think we, one of the things that we see too much of on social media is we're arguing swing mechanics and what metrics matter and all that. And it goes, no, like the hitting coach should be an offensive coordinator. Like how can we make you the most valuable run producer for your team possible? And that's kind of like in chase in our conversations, it became clear, like that's how he thinks of hitting. And that's where the conversation started and it's evolved into today. I think for, from my standpoint, it was, um, you know, seeing these, these player plans come back to the private sector, um, you know, for 10, 15 years with different minor league guys, um, 
you know, a lot of them wouldn't necessarily use them um, or even look at them and or be engaged with them very much. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're kind of a good team because as much as he is about having a system and organized, I'm probably the complete opposite of that and consider myself kind of a, a chameleon with with things and, and, you know, really try to be a player first type of, of coach. And, um, you know, seeing these things again, coming back, like they, they, there's, there's always like the organizational bias that's in there or the hitting coach bias that's in there. Um, and there's not a whole lot of, of the player opinion in them. Um, and not a whole lot of getting to know the player, his past, you know, from anything to what he works on in the past, what he was taught in the past, how he used to swing, you know, injuries, um, just finer details of, you know, essentially that make up this hitter, um, you know, trying to tie that all together with, 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 with a system um, that was, you know, still able to be flexible to aid, you know, in, in these guys off season work and, and kind of remove, you know, our personal biases as to what we believe is hitting coaches. Yeah. I think the, uh, like, building off that like the player centric part it becomes like when you start with the player like what do they value how do they think because if if a player doesn't think it's important it's not important if a guy comes in and says I need to increase my bat speed to increase my exit velocity because I don't have like okay those there's way more hitting than those things there's way more to being a productive offensive piece than those two things but at the end of the day we need to be like we're gonna have to tie everything back into those things because they value those things they're coming in we could sit here and say hey like you know we're going to talk about posture and being able to move efficiently and being in positions that are just going to make you more efficient like in their mind like they're there to add bat speed that's what is the motivation behind their work and they're adding bat speed to add exit velo and so when like within a system, like it, it becomes almost an education system for the player and, and us as coaches where we can then go, okay, Hey, like this is how this relates to what you value. So this is the angle we can take to start guiding you to you, to where you need to be or where you want to be <clears throat> or yeah, where you need to be, where you want to be through what you find important. <clears throat> That's good. I, I I love what both of you said there. And I just hearing you both of you talk it, you guys are, are gonna make a really good team just because, you know, Chase, you like you said, you've been coaching for a long time, had a lot of experience. Tyler, you're you have all the tools and the knowledge and you're up to date on on you know everything that's going on player development wise in baseball. So take me through a little like through how how would this work? And I know this is really new. Um, before we start recording, I mean, you guys don't even have technically a name for this business yet, but what, like, like I show up to the facility and then is it just me and you, Tyler, going through like a plan together or like, how does it work? Um, I think, you know, this is evolving. Like this is literally evolving as we go about it. And that's one of the fun parts of this. Like I'm having, honestly, I'm having a blast. Like it's, a ton of fun just with how many twists and turns it's taken but um i think to start it goes okay like if you're a player you want to get you just want to get a basic hitting assessment and player plan okay you know you come into the facility and um we're gonna hit 
And I think the structure of that is like, okay, like how we need to make this as game like as possible because like we can't be, we can't, we shouldn't be fit factoring in what you do on flips off the tee. Like it needs to be as game like as possible, whether, you know, it's machine breaking balls, breaking balls, fastballs, um, even short BP mixed, um, like exactly how it's going to look at like it, that's going to continue to evolve. And I think we're going to, but it's always going to be with the idea of everything's going to be going back to how do we get to the most game-like so essentially assessment environment as possible, but, you know, and then just hitting swing marks to reach stable stabilization and metrics. Like, okay, you know, the batted ball, batted ball data, the blast data, the K vest. Okay. Like how can we get a, a nice sample, but also like understand that, you know, I could just have slept wrong and I could have slept wrong. And like, that's my back stiff and my, my ability to rotate and, you know, dissociate my pelvis and my torso might not be. So it's like day, the day-to-day aspect, but it's come in. Like if you're a hitter, it's come in. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have you hit, like, just be you tell us, tell us what you want to do. Like, let's go through, kind of go through like what you do in the cage to prepare to hit and then like let's hit we'll collect the data and then it's break that data down and it starts with a player player questionnaire um before you even come in it's essentially a get to know you questionnaire we send you a link with a survey and you fill it out and i think that that's one of the biggest parts is that's giving us a snapshot into who you are as a player. And then the other part is like, if you're going to be training at the facility, that's real easy. But um, like players who come in from potentially out of town or players training remotely, like um, understanding what equipment they have available and what are their facilities like? Like, I mean, I think one of the biggest things in the back of my mind is this summer I coached an inner city team in Cleveland. And I mean, we were practicing, all the turf complexes in Cleveland were closed. So we were practicing on the city park that was weed infested Hard, It was concrete and there were no bases. We just had to do drop down bases, home plate, which there was only half of it. So we dropped down another half to home plate essentially. And we had no cage. And as a hitting coach, it was like, okay, we, we have all these hitters. How are we going to get their work in? And we got create starting to get creative with PVC pipes, med balls, chuck it, line drive pro wiffle balls. But then the other portion of that was okay. Like that's practice, but how can these guys practice on their own? And it was like, most of them don't have access to cages consistently. They, so then it became okay. Well, what do you have access to? And I, like, that's where the idea of, you know, we can give these players, like we can give players, incredible plans that they can come in and do in the facility, but they may not have that for the other days of the year when they're not in that facility or like with their team, like, you know, if you're a college player and you're from middle of nowhere, Ohio, like you're, and you're at home for Christmas break, you're going to, your options for training are going to be more limited. So how can we build the training to what is actually achievable for you on a consistent basis from a training standpoint, because if you can't do it consistently, then what's really the point If you can only come in once a week, once a week or 
you know, that, that'd be on a good end for a lot of people. But if you're only, if you're relying on just the team practice or just that once a month when you go to a facility or any of that, I think that's a huge thing because like the disparity between who has access to these facilities and who has um, the resources, like that's one of the things impacting the game right now is like, okay, how do we, if you don't have the funds to be in a facility multiple times a week as a youth player or a high school player, you're from a Northern area, like, okay, that's, that's a limiting factor for your development. So I think the one biggest thing is understanding how players think, but then two, us getting a snapshot of, okay, how can they train at home outside of the facility? Because that's where a lot of development is going to get, is going to happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, to, to kind of go off of what he said, um, you know, with, with the player questionnaire, like we, we're, we're really trying to get into, um, you know, what, what this player is thinking, you know, his, his mental state when he's going good, mental state when he's going bad, um, you know, kind of his, his overall approach. I mean, we have to tie these things into their development plan because we can look at tech and data and, and, you know, obviously he's probably a little bit more versed in that stuff than I am. Um, and, and, you know, not that I don't hold value to it, but, um, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff can, can be skewed based on, you know, some of the, the things that is in a player's approach and, um, you know, kind of where his mental mind state is. And then, you know, also, you know, kind of to begin this process, which we know is, is not going to happen for everybody, but, you know, some of the, some of the players that we've already kind of talked to, you know, they have the ability to get their track man data or, um, they have, you know, a ton of game film and, and, you know, so we're not just going to base these assessments off of, of, of practice. I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, will tie us kind of into the, the facility that we're opening also. Um, but, you know, we, we need to, you know, a lot of the, the, the training technology is, is all done in, in the practice setting. Um, and then we start building, you know, movement plans and, and, and player profiles off of that. And so, you know, getting the game film and, and the game data and, and, you know, being able to use whatever statistical information that we have um, to kind of, you know, aid in this process, again, with, with, the player, um, with the player's goals in mind. So, Chase, like how is, how is this facility that you guys are opening up different than the, the typical lesson model facility? Yeah, I mean, just like most coaches, I mean, I think anybody in our age demographic has, has spent a significant amount of time in an indoor facility, especially if you live in the north. Um, and, you know, being an owner of a travel ball organization for so long and, and you know, a college coach, like, you know, seeing how, um, you know, the culture is that, you know, it's almost like everybody's looking for that magic pill in this industry where they think they can go – you know, take a lesson and they're fixed or they have a bad game, you know, go get a lesson and, and it's fixed. And honestly, like there's really not a, a whole lot of one, like, you know, a doctor has an education and a, and a, and a degree and a, and a certificate, a certification to be able to be a doctor. And in the lesson setting, it could be anybody. I mean, if, if you open up a facility and, and, you know, purchase tech, and, you know, people come to give lessons and, and, and because people think that, you know, there is a one size fits all, you know, training module out there that, 
you know, this is, this is what you do and this is what your philosophy and this is going to work. And, you know, the reality of it is, it's like, you know, you have to be a chameleon in, in that setting where you have to be able to, you know, help guys in different ways and different swings. And so, you know, going kind of onto that, it, it kind of led to, um, you know, the, the, the standard coach gripe, you know, like players don't know how to play the game anymore. Uh, you know, when, when your team's losing, you know, these guys don't have any instincts and, you know, you've heard it a million times, I'm sure in, in your, in your career too. Uh, so kind of tying those two things together, you know, like what are we really doing in this indoor setting and, and kind of, I guess going against the grain is, is kind of my MO and, and, you know, we, we, you know, from, talking to big league coaches that are losing or college coaches, high school coaches that are having tough seasons. That seems to be a common gripe. Like these guys don't have instincts. They don't know how to situationally hit whatever, the, whatever it is. Like the, the, the purpose of the training is almost become to be better at training the next time you're in there. Um, and not to what this does in the game and how does it transfer to the game? Um, so really the, the whole model for, you know, the battleground baseball group was to create a training environment that, um, you know, has transfer to it. Um, I think, you know, I, I've being a division three coach at a, at a very small school when I started, we, we had no choice, but to develop players. So, um, that, that's just was our MO and, and recruiting was, was, you know, it was tough. So you, you had to develop players and, you know, with that, like the experience and having to do that at, at, with a multitude of different ca uh, caliber of player, um, it, it kind of leads to the, to, the, to the point of like, does this stuff really work and, and how can we make it better so that it, it transfers to the game, uh, which is the ultimate goal. The goal isn't to, um, you know, have higher EVs and, and bat speed in the training setting. The, the, the goal is to get more hits and be productive for your team. Um, and, and so, you know, being able to, to tie, you know, the mental, physical and, and, and all those components into the, the, the lesson format is, is what our goal is. And I think like from my perspective too, I've never truly worked in a facility setting. Um, I mean, I've, from the start of my career, I've been in the team setting last winter, came back, to, I went home to Cleveland for about six weeks to give some lessons and spend time with my mom. And I started giving the lessons and it just, my thought process became like, man, I don't want to keep doing this to make extra money, like lessons. And I was in a lot of ways, I was a bad salesman as a private hitting coach giving lessons because it'd be like, yeah, well, you know, I want, little Johnny to hit five times a week with you one-on-one. -on -one. I'm like, we're not going to change that much five every day. Like most of those days should be, Hey, let's come in, let's do your routine. And then like, I'm going to throw you mixed BP and I'm going to try to strike you out. And we're going to talk through at bats and we're going to talk, talk through situations because you haven't played a game in five months. Like why are we changing something when it's, it's not even based off of thing based off of any sort of game results. And like, and I think even like, so through the evolution of this and like even the player, going back to the player plan stuff, like it started off as like, how can we just make this, make battleground like a unique training experience. And like, I think it, like I kind of work as a hitting coach. I like to work, like I'm, I work through kind of like a checklist of 
methodical thinking where it goes, okay, what is, what is the production goal? What is, as a coach, what is my production goal for the player for the, what's the player's production goal? Like, um, you know, and we can get, that could get very complicated when you start getting into like all the different metrics and all that, even like OPS about how do you have a high OPS? Is it from your slugging or is it from your own base percentage or is it a blend? But so you start with like, okay, what, what, what is the player as a, what do you want the player to do as a coach? And then what's the player want to do? So how do we tie those two in together? And then from there it becomes okay. Like, do they have the capability to move in the way in efficient manners? Like that's a movement screening. And then do they have the capacity? Okay. That's strength conditioning. And then if the answer to both of those is yes, then it's okay. That's probably, that's a swing in mental. It's a technique and mental skills aspect that we can incorporate. But, and that's where like the player plan and how can we be as holistic as possible was something that like first from the facility setting and even being in the team setting, it's like all these guys, like they come in and you see their data and like, Oh, this guy should be a great player. Like they're exit VLOing the ball 95. And it's like, then they get in the game and there's just zero feel for like, you know, Hey, there's a runners on second and third, nobody out early in the game. Zero, zero pitcher goes, Oh, Oh, slider below the zone guy, chase guy, chase guy, chase is slider in the dirt. Okay. So now he's Oh one. Okay. What, what do you think? Like, what do you think that pitcher is going to do again? Like they don't want to throw a strike. They don't want you to put the ball in play. Like the goal is to keep runs off the scoreboard as a pitcher, as a hitter, as a, hitter your goal is to help your team score more runs than the other team so okay we're 0-1 okay pitcher goes slider in the dirt again saying hey like you just swung you just swung like you spun yourself into the ground on that first one okay so i'm gonna throw that again boom hitter goes chases it again slider in the dirt okay now we're 0-2 it's like what do you think they're gonna throw 0-2 probably the same pitch until you show like i'm not gonna do i'm not going to spin myself into the ground. And it's like in the team setting, just how many times it's happening over and over and over because players are chasing exit, like exit velos metrics and the entire like evolution of it. Like we're, how are we connecting it back to the game? How are we connecting it back to scoring more runs? And, and you know, kind of go off of that, the, the adjustments are always mechanical to these guys. You know, they got mom and dad or brother, sister in the stands and everybody has an iPhone and everybody's recording, you know, swings from the open view and, and, you know, analyzing, you know, their movements and where, where their hands are and their foot. And, you know, when they wrote, you know, analyzing the, the swing mechanics. So the kids become, you know, players that every time they, they, you know, chase two sliders in the dirt, they start to, you know, especially the, you know, the, the younger, you know, minor league guys or the, the college player, like everybody goes back to, you know, what did I do there with my swing? It was always mechanical adjustments. Um, and, you know, the reality of it is it, it probably ties into more of those other things and that, that stuff needs to be trained in, in, in the lesson environment, um, you know, because that's what makes players valuable and, and, and winners. Um, you know, the, the key, in my opinion, um, 
you know, very similar to the way that the, the, the pro game is right now with, you know, with the influx of technology and data and, you know, um, guys that, you know, guys like all of us that didn't play, you know, in the big leagues, um, you know, being hitting coaches or pitching coaches um, and, and guys who can, you know, relay all the data and technology, like somewhere in the middle there is the coach um and 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 the ability to coach the ability to communicate to the player and that comes from you know past coaching experiences past playing experiences being able to use all the tech like that hybrid coach is super important and and being able to tie that all into the to the to being you know applicable to the game um is the key so i think that that transformation in 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 pro ball and in college baseball is going to need to trickle down into the lesson format because um you know people are paying a a lot of money um for these lessons they're 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 training in you know predictable easy feel good environments constantly um and you know the the game is everything opposite of that um so that that's kind of where where we're trying to you know take this this battleground baseball group um facility to to do is is the new facility open yet uh in about a week in about a week yep so is it like how many coaches will be doing stuff like coaching out of there yeah i mean we have we have about nine staff members um you know various guys um that are you know college coaches in the area or um, you know, mostly, mostly, mostly staff members that, that have coaching experience. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's what we want to make a, a point to is that we're not trying to, you know, just hire the ex player fresh out of college or fresh out of pro ball and come do some lessons and fund the facility. And, you know, like we, we want to make this almost like the environment and, and hence why we went with the group in in the in the in the title was we want this to be an environment where it's almost like a think tank and you know guys are are growing and and you know trying new things and we're exploring different not only movement solutions but training solutions that um you know hopefully you know over the course of time we can see this stuff work and transfer to the game um so you know the culture there you know obviously we want we want it to be competitive but we also want it to be um you know growth growth minded I think so, go ahead go ahead tower no i was gonna say like i think in being in a team setting my whole life like you know chase mentioned like the think tank idea and that's what stood out to me about hanging out with these guys coming over a couple of times over the summer before taking the plunge and moving here was like the think tank environment and how uh, you push each other and like you it's all player first like and in the team environment, I think like we see that, especially in professional baseball, look at how many hitting coaches any individual player can have throughout even one season, let alone their evolution from drafted or signed as an international free agent to the big leagues. And then even the rate big league hitting coaches, okay, five, they spend five years in the big leagues. How many hitting coaches are they going to go through just at the big league level alone? And it goes, okay, like you have this think tank environment, it's a collaboration and like that, that should always be the goal because the collaboration is giving all these different perspectives to put the player first, but how do we all get on the same page? Like how can we be sure that we're all consistently giving 
the player the same message. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And like, even going back to the player plan, like, well, that's why like, that's originally what we were talking about with the facility for was like, okay, like we have this think tank environment. We have all these different staff members. How can we just keep everyone on the same page? How can, and then how can we keep mom and dad on the same page so that no matter what environment they're in at home with their high school team, with their summer team. I mean, I think it can get very confusing for a player very quickly in like, especially for like players who they just want, like, they want to be good. So they listen to yeah, everybody. They listen to everybody because they trust that, Hey, like you have experience and it's like, okay, like more of a group. How do you get this collaboration? And I think that's, the think tank environment is super, super exciting. And like, it's so different from most facilities to me, like in my just outside observation of it, even going back to like growing up in Cleveland, going to facilities and all that. It's like, man, like the think the group think tank is, I think that's the mo- one of the most exciting parts. Yeah. And, and keeping that, that, that kind of concept going, um, you know, being able to have, you know, a, a minor leaguer or, or even a big leaguer hit next to, you know, a high school kid or, you know, maybe a, a popular high school kid in the area hitting next to a, a 12 or 13 year old, um, you know, that that environment of, of just not even just removing the coach from that setting and allowing these guys to pick each other's brains. And, and I mean, for me, like that, that probably is where I, I obtain the most knowledge is from, you know, just talking to other players and, and creating that atmosphere where everybody's there to help each other, knowing that, you know, the egos are out the door. Like we're not, you know, it's not my way or the highway. It's not, you know, Tyler's or, uh, you know, a pitching coach that we might have in there. It's, it's, you know, everybody's all for, you know, that, that, that individual player getting better and, and, and being successful in their careers. So it, would the, is the goal to, have a have that cohesive group, right? Where where like Tyler works for the player, and then like Chase, like you collaborate with Tyler on like what to do with the player. Like how does it how would it work so like everyone's on the same page? Yeah, I mean we we we're all gonna be in there, um, you know. And and the the key is is kind of we're not like honing in on an individual player. We, we we plan to, you know, do maybe do a little bit more of a group group style uh, of training. Um, and, you know, and each coach in, uh, on that day's, you know, for that day is going to have different assignments, whether, it, you know, they're, they're doing the warm ups or the movement preps or, um, you know, wh- whatever we might be focused on that day. But we're also all kind of collaborating around and, you know, it's very much more of like a team atmosphere, um, you know, being behind the turtle, um, you know, a practice type of atmosphere as opposed to, you know, like you're going to listen to Tyler today or you're going to listen to Chase today or, you know, whatever that might be. So it's going to be a, a group group format, like for players would just sign up via group and then, then they'd come yeah. in at a specific time. Yeah. 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 We, we want to, I mean, we want to try to make this affordable for the player. I mean, from a, from an organizational standpoint, like we're not going to, you, you only get good players if you're doing good work, um, you know, and, and with that, they need to be able to, come in more often they need more you know accessibility to you know the staff and the facility and other players that are good so um you know being able to design the business model around 
you know, the emphasis is on getting players in there more um, and, and, and more, you know, over the long off season, you know, three, four times a week um, is, is the goal. How big is the facility? Uh, 5,000 square feet. Okay. So pretty big, pretty yeah. big. Mm-hmm. I like that. How many, like what's the set of cages and there's mounds and stuff I was assuming there too. Yeah, we have, um, six, six cages. Um, you know, so, some of them are bigger than other, but the entire place is a shell also. So, um, you know, we're able to, you know, go live and, and do all the, all the stuff in a large space. Um, where would your, uh, where would the spikes at your summer ball team, where would they practice in the off season before you had the, had a facility? Uh, we were, we, we were, um, we never really had one. Um, you know, we, we would only practice five times in the winter because most of the guys would go back to high school. We never had youth teams. Um, it was only a high school program at the time. So we would just, you know, use rent college gyms, um, you know, rent different turf bubbles and just random places like that. But we only would do five um, and then put most of the emphasis on the in-season practices. Um, you know, we would practice, you know, six hours a week um, during the season, you know, before, you know, Tuesday, Wednesdays, before the tournament weekends, um, you know, but what we see is like the, the, to be able to, you know, as you know, like make adjustments, you know, with a way a player is moving or thinking, you know, and then have to have results in two days, um, you know, that process is kind of messed up. So, um, you know, adding the facility to, you know, be able to have the, the travel teams practicing there will be, you know, a huge bonus for our people also. That's good. I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. I think, um, like I said, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, I like people who think out, outside the box a little bit. And I think, I think the player plans are, are going to be a huge, huge benefit. Um, I'll make sure to put the, the link to um, that, that Tyler tweeted out in the show notes. So anyone can check check out like what that's going to look like. So if if someone wants to get one of these player plans done or just wants to train at the facility that's going to be opening up next week, what's the best way to go about that? Yeah, I mean we're on all social media platforms uh, with our DMs open, so guys can reach out to us um, and and kind of like I said, we're at the beginning stages of all this. So um, you know, right now I don't really have a concern about having a large number of people joining. Um, so, you know, we're going to take it slow and, and people can message us and, and, and get in, you know, whenever they want. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, Tyler Chase, appreciate it. We'll make sure to put both your social media uh, accounts so people can find it in the show notes too. But again, thanks again, guys. This is a lot of fun and I'm glad, glad to see the game is, is progressing. Hey, thanks for having us, man. Thank you for having us. Enjoyed it. Doing a great job with these podcasts, too. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. Make sure to go subscribe on iTunes so you can stay up to date on the latest trends and techniques being taught in player development. Until next week, hope everyone stays safe.